As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Sam Pets Radio, Australia's coolest podcast network. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of All the Small Games. My name is Andrew Levins. My name is Jonathan Valenzuela. And my name... Damn, it's good to be here. A Borat. <laughs> <laughs> and I am his wife. Um, what's going on everybody? It's been a big week for indie games. We've got another big uh, Annapurna joint on Game Pass, which John is going to be talking about in this episode called The Artful Escape. Yep. Um, I have been playing a game in which two... You play one or two Kiwis trying to run a post office. That game is called Kiwi. Um, and plus, John and I will be updating um, games that we've talked about in the past. I've finally finished Dodgeball Academia. And Ooh. John needs to uh, issue a, a, a righteous apology. To- a retraction, an apology. I need to hang my head in shame about a game I talked about last week. So do we, do we want to start Obviously with that? Obviously, we that open with that. That sounds fun. <laughs> All right, so last last week I was discussing the game Lamentum, the kind of retro pixel uh, eldritch horror indie game that came out uh, on Neon Doctrine, published by, or developed by Obscure Tales, I believe the developer is. And during my review, I was like, I'm really enjoying this game. It's really fun, except I think I've run into a game-breaking bug. There is a bit of conversation, and I cannot get the conversation to advance no matter what I do. I'm given two options. I don't know what to do. So I ended up tweeting the game company and being like, hey guys, really enjoying this, but I think I found a bug. I can't, like, sent a screenshot of the moment and was like, I can't get this com- like this to keep going. Sent that, you know, I think before the episode. Checked after the episode. Someone had responded and been like, hi, that's not a bug. You just need to move the cursor down to get to the little button that allows you to advance the conversation. And I'm sitting there going, oh, God, I've just recorded an episode where I've complained about a potential bug in the game when there isn't actually a bug in the game. I'm just kind of an idiot, apparently. It's cool. I'm sure your very reasonable co-host would have would have uh, edited it as soon as you told him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, I I have, been, have managed to keep going with the game, and it is uh, quite entertaining if you're into that sort of indie horror sort of thing. The one thing I will say in my defense is that uh, while, you know, being told what I needed to do, I was like, okay, cool. I swore I tried what they said, like moving moving the, the joystick down to get to where I had to go. It is part of a bigger issue I have with the game that it's kind of cl- like a lot of the UX stuff is really clunky. Like the button I needed to get to to advance the conversation is over on the the right side of the screen. So I would assume I'd need to move the cursor right to get over there, but no, I needed to move it down. 
add on to stuff like when you die in the game, instead of taking you to like, do you want to load your last save or taking you to the like saved game section to pick where you want to start from, it just kicks you back to the main menu again. So every time you die, it's like, oh God, okay, um, you know, I've got to go back through, uh, you know, the load, the load game section and the load game section is annoying because it arranges your saves from earliest to latest so I have to scroll through like 12 other save games to find the one that I'm up to. And then it has a fairly lengthy loading period of like 20 to 30 seconds. So just a bunch of frustrations like that. Um, you know, you need to use ink to save your game at desks. But it's not just having the ink in your inventory that does it. You have to actually equip the ink for it to work. Just bits and pieces like that that's like... Have you done this to kind of continue the retro retro feel? Like, why not just get rid of this clunkiness, make it like you have modern elements to this game kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, as as the staunch Metroidvania fan of the podcast, I think there are certain parts of like, like that sounds like something that I would expect in every every Metroidvania um, okay. that way as a saving mechanic. So I can understand the decision to to put that in there. Not that that not that um, Lamentum is is one, but. Uh, that wouldn't annoy me too much. But I Wait, which, which part? Like having to equip something to save? Oh, okay. See what you mean. I thought you meant like having to have ink on you to save. That's totally fine. I'm happy. Like I, I get that. That's survival horror for you. You know, it's it, it makes it like you need to really think about if you're saving the game at the right moment. For me, it's just, oh, I've got to open my inventory. I've got to navigate over to ink. I've got to equip the ink to do it. Like... If it's in my inventory, just let me save when I hit the desk kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like bits and pieces like that that I'm just like, uh, this is this is kind of like, I'm deep enough in the game now that I want to finish it and I will finish it. But it's just, it's stuff like that that, that has left me of like, this is a good game, but it's not a great game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay, sure, I get it. Yeah. So yes, full full apology for talking about bugs last week. It wasn't a bug. It was just a combination of my idiocy and kind of slightly shoddy game design, in my personal opinion. Now let's move on to let's move on to much happier pastures. Levens, you have you've graduated, buddy. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, so you may have uh, remembered from the last I don't know five episodes of all the small games. <laughs> uh, we've been very slowly making our way through Dodgeball Academia. Um, a game that was made by a developer called Pocket Trap um, from Brazil and published by Humble Bundle. Uh, it, we've been playing it on Game Pass. How do you look at how long you've played a game on uh, on Xbox? Is there a way? Uh, I'm not sure. I could I could commence Googling that for you right Google now. Google how want. long did it take Levens to beat <laughs> Dodgeball <laughs> Academia? Um, so you basically, yeah, it's, it's an RBG where you... You are a kid named Otto who goes to a school called Dodgeball Academia because you your lifelong dream is to be a dodgeball player, and the whole the whole point of the game is that you are basically like you know going through school, becoming a legendary dodgeball player. It takes place over eight days. Each day takes between forty five minutes to two hours to get through. Um, so it was a much heftier game than I was expecting, and I, I'm I'm pretty sure like we would have come around the 15 hour mark uh, in terms of finishing it, but we finished it to near hundred percent completion. There's a few challenges that uh, I never, I never d- did. And there's, right. a, and there's like one, one achievement that you need to go back and replay some of the game again to, to go back and do, um, okay. which mm. I might do. I don't know. It, it seems once you get there, it seems pretty simple um, because there are massive accessibility um, uh things that you can do so if there mm-hmm. if, if a particular challenge is is too challenging you can just make make there no challenge at all and still get the, the achievement apparently um, oh wow okay but we played the that's, we, that's cool we played the full game um both my kids were very very invested in the uh, goings-on at dodgeball academia um the, the beloved characters of otto mina balloony shoy the cat um all the colorful characters that uh that 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 that, that attend said academia so, like, what did you say? University, college, I guess. Yeah, Insti- institution. You learn uh, midway through the game. Your dad starts trying to contact you, and he's like, "What the hell are you doing? You know, we're a, we're a proud family of referees. You were meant to be at Referee <laughs> High or whatever it was called." 
Um, and so you have to like that's added incentive. You have to succeed at Dodgeball Academia to show your dad that this is the right career path for you. Um, that story was really good. I think um, overall, like maybe a, a little too wordy. Um, it, it, uh, some interactions took a little bit longer than I would have liked, but. Uh, I think the overall story is really fun. And the best thing about the game is the actual matches of dodgeball, of which you have to play hundreds uh, throughout the game because we think a bunch of random battles would appear on screen at the start of each day and we would do every single one of them. There was an underground tournament that we completed. um, And the story itself, like as you open up more map, more of the map, you have to revisit the entire map. And the last day had you pretty much visiting every single location you'd visited and fighting some epic battles, dodgeball battles, um, and all the different locations. Uh, I really love this game. Um, Pocket Trap, they previously made a game that I talked about very briefly many years ago called Ninjin Clash of the Carrots, which was like a ninja um, bunny rabbit game. Okay. And it was like a fun, you know, distractive distraction of of an arcade kind of game. Um, very colorful and, and very fluid animation, but this is just such a massive step up in terms of uh, gameplay, like even if it was just a dodgeball game without the RPG element, but the RPG element obviously is an enormous part of this game, like far more than 50%. Like the, the reason you would play this game is because you want a really classic feeling RPG. Um, it's a great way to introduce kids to the to the genre. There's a lot of uh, references to, to Japanese culture, even though this is a Brazilian studio. Um, the characters are tons- constantly talking about eating, you know, gyoza and reading manga, and um, you know, you, you are establishing a, an RPG party, but they're in your, they're in your dodgeball team, um, and yeah, it was really really fun. You, you're leveling leveling up the character. We leveled um, up Otto, the main character, to level fifty, which is the max the level cap. Um, got a, got an achievement. Uh, I think we have like four achievements that we don't have, um, and may, maybe if I feel up to it, I'll go, I'll go and tick those boxes. But it was a, a pretty fun leisurely time. Um, just getting to where we were, kind of playing like an hour a day, but it, a little bit frustrating because some of those later chapters you can't. After you fall into the rhythm of like, oh yeah, every day is like a roughly an hour. Um, you know, starting it at six o'clock, and the kids got to go to bed at seven o'clock, and you're nowhere near the end of the day at seven o'clock. Um, yeah, but you know, that's not a complaint that I'm sure most regular gamers would have. Only those of only those of us that are that, that play regularly with our children. Yes. Um, uh, but yeah, on, well, look on that point. Um, yeah, yeah. What were I was you just going to say this is a great one to play with with your kids, especially like you can play it as the, you can be the main person playing it because some of the dodgeball matches are very difficult, or you can turn the accessibility um, options to to easy um, or like you know low damage taken from dodgeballs that kind of thing. I'm sure I, I haven't fiddled around with it yet, but I know it's there. Um, and then uh, you know. Once once you've played the game, there is this great versus mode, which you, as you play through the entire story campaign, you unlock different characters that you can play as in two player versus mode, which is really fun. And you can uh, yeah, you were saying you were saying that uh, Archie was really getting into it. Yeah, it's really fun um, because, and also like you know, I can give myself 30, 30 units of healthing him a hundred, um, and make him way more powerful than me, so he's got more of a chance of just whooping my butt. And, I and you've also like got a, a nice, nice, a nice challenge, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. So how do you like? But if he, because he was last time, I remember you saying he was really getting into that versus mode. How did you like? Did he take convincing to be like, let's see this game through to the end, kind of thing? No, or no. Was he, we, I mean, was he, he into it. At the end of the day, Archie just wants to play video games. It's his, it's by far his like most loved thing at the moment, especially during lockdown. Like, this is his last week of school, which means we've done an entire term of school uh, in lockdown, uh, not leaving our five-kilometer radius. Um, And, like, I know a lot of people out there are in lockdown, and it's hard for everyone, but I have very little sympathy for anyone doing this without children. Uh, It's almost my dream to be in lockdown without children because I would just... All I would do is just play video games and and, and read manga and, and watch movies all day. It's like tick enormous boxes of content every single day of my life and yeah. get 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 my work done on the lawn for a couple hours each day and then go inside and just return to the content pit. Um, <laughs> but with kids, it's, you know, it's very difficult, um, especially having to administer their homeschooling. And it's so funny knowing that like, yeah, like we, we, we've, we've finished term, term three, um, term four starts three weeks from now. So now we have two weeks of school holidays. I don't know what the hell you do. Besides not, obviously we're not doing any of the learning component, but like, 
how do you make it feel like a school holiday? So I will, I, you know, when you can't go away, you can't visit people, you can't have friends over. Um, so I said, you know, Archie, what, what do you want to do in the school holidays? And he's like, just play video games. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, 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 I'm raising an incel everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm stoked that you you finished this game. I really got to give it a try myself at some point. I think you'd but, really uh, enjoy it, man. The the writing is yeah. is pretty witty and 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 fun, and it playing on so many different tropes and the mini games and side quests. Like as I mentioned, the the guy you have to beat every single day, yeah, who sucks at first, and then gradually gets like borderline impossible to beat. Um, like I got him on a fluke the the final time I, I played him, I, I beat him. Um, and then there's even, uh, at one point you go into the bathroom and there's a guy there and he's like, Hey, do you want to play my, um, my turn-based, my turn-based, um, uh, dodgeball game? And he just tells you that he's going to attack and then you have to counter. And it's like this great, like turn-based, um, like you have to play three rounds of it in, in cubicles of a bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, there's a lot of excellent charm to this game that you definitely, I've come to expect from a lot of these kind of like family friendly humble bundle humble published uh games um yeah they're, they're a very great publisher they're they're, they're rising the ranks because every year there's like w- at least one of their games really connects with me like from wonder song to kato last year and now dodgeball academia there's there's so many gems on their published list yeah i mean look that's it's was great seeing them go from just a kind of charity organization to suddenly being a player in the uh, in the indie scene, yeah, totally, so, yeah, yeah, they oh, rule. Cool. Um, so, do you want to? Uh, speaking of playing games with your kids, do you want to roll us straight into Kiwi, John? I would love to, but first, I think we'd both love to hear a few words from our sponsors. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Thank you so much, sponsors. And John, as you were speaking about... What a about, great few words. Before the break, uh, of course, you asked me the words I've been waiting to hear all episode, and that is, tell you about Kiwi. Um, and Kiwi is a game that uh, came out a couple weeks ago. Uh, I'm playing it on Switch, but I believe it is on quite a few. It's on, uh, yep, uh, Switch, PS4, Xbox, um, and PC, and Mac. So it's on everything. Um, and it is a game that was published by Sold Out Software and developed by Stoneweed and Sons. I think Sold Out Software from the UK and Stoneweed and Sons are developers in the US. Um, And uh, Kiwi is a game where you are trying to run a post office. Um, And uh, who are you, you ask? Why, you are two uh, Kiwi birds. 
Um, Adorable little Kiwis. And their names are Jeff and Deborah. And they're the newest newest hires at the Bungalow Basin Telepost Office. And yeah, there there is a overall theme of uh like Australasian animals because the other animals that work with you are cassowaries. They are, are the equivalent of like postal trucks. You have to put they have satchels on their backs and you have to like put letters or telegrams on their backs and they deliver the letters for you. Um there are there are all kinds of bugs and things like that. Um but yeah, you control it's it's a it's a co-op game, but you can play it single player. So I first played a couple like a couple of levels on my own last week. Uh, it is uh, you know very kind of like 3D graphics. You're kind of looking down at a um, at a kind of a, a, a 3D kind of like diorama space where um, there are two kiwis and a bunch of shit around them, and this this the guy who runs the post office is kind of talking you through all the tasks that you need to do each day. And the first one you have to do is type out a letter and there is a big keyboard, except the keyboard is not like your typical QWERTY. Um, basically like keys are scattered around the the space that you're on in like d- weird formations. So one of you can, tr- like when you're playing one player, you can hit the R button to swap between Kiwis Ah, um, oh, I was going to ask. Okay, cool. Yeah. This is not a great way to play a game. Right. Um, Interesting. If you hold down R, you can control both at once, which you have to do because some things they need to do in unison. Um, and I played a couple levels and like I, I saw the charm, the appeal. Um, and even though I kind of swore, like, like I need to try and play less games with the kids because I can never finish them in our, our allotted half hour to an hour of, 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 tr- of gaming every single day. Um, I've, just played this and I was like, I've got to play this with the kids, especially because it's about typing, which, you know, Archie begins everyone every day um, with doing a typing program on his computer. Um, And, you know, it it is just, it's so cute. It's so easy to grasp. It's a very, very similar to Overcooked. Okay. In that, like, you are given this task, there's a timer. You have to, um, like, send, type three letters or send three telegrams. The telegrams come up where, like, yeah, but you, someone will send, like, an audio reel. One of the Kiwis has got to go grab the reel, put it in the player, um, hit play on the player. It, it, it tells you what the, um, the audio is. You have to write down the audio, audio as a telegram, and there'll be words scattered around, the, like, the floor and the benches around you, and you've got to go and collect the words, then run over to a sheet of paper, stamp them down, find the next word. So I'm like, Archie, over to the right, there's the word, you know, tool or, or kit or whatever, and um, he's going to go get it, um, bring it over, and then you both have to jump on uh, print, I think it is, and then, yeah, it prints the telegram. You've got to run. Uh, you've got to distract the cassowary with fruit so you can jump on his back, put a letter into his um, into his backpack, and then fasten the straps, and off the cassowary goes. Uh, it's playing playing it, believe it or not, playing it um, solo was more difficult than playing it with a seven-year-old. <coughs> we were able to get much better scores, um, Archie and I, but I imagine two seasoned gamers could uh, could could destroy this one. Oh. Definitely. Yeah, it's really, really charming. There's a ton of content um, here as well. Like we, we've only done like a, a, you know, five or six of the of the first uh, missions, but there's a bunch of bonus things that you can do, um, and of course there is that like kind of like arcade element where no matter how well you do, the incentive is always that you want to go and uh, try and in- increase your score by doing it faster again. Um, it can be stressful uh, as you see the timer. Um, in the in the top corner, but you get heaps of time to do the tasks. It's just you know you're going to get a shit score if you if you let it go too long. Of course. And so at the end at the end it doesn't give you a like a letter score, does it? Oh uh, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. It, oh, okay. it rates you. I, I don't know. It's like a letter. It's you know some equivalent. Um, I need an S rank. I think if you know said I was a um, uh, what's it called when you work for someone but don't get paid? Uh, volunteer. No intern. Intern gave me an intern. Right. Ranking. Okay. Yeah. Postal intern. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really fun. Like, it looks really great. It plays really well. Um, like, here are my here's my weirdest gripe. Um, there, there's a tutorial at the beginning of each level where um, uh, your guide tells you all the things that um, you need to do, um, and he talks pretty slowly. And so, my, instinctively, I push A for it to speed the the text up, so I can just sure. read the text yep. at my own pace. But that just skips the text entirely. Oh crap! And I okay. always forget that, and just because your instincts, <laughs> like 
that you know yeah. years and years of gaming have made me accustomed to if i push a it will hit the end of the text yeah. i can read it quickly um, every conversation is an opportunity to button mash basically. exactly and so like yeah he'd, I'd, I'd miss out on like pretty vital information and have to restart the level which is irritating yeah that's very frustrating but yeah besides that like if you are looking for a game i think it's like actually so, you know I'm, I'm pretty early on but i remember being like early in like even in the first like three or four stages of, of overcooked fucking screaming at my, at my wife and, and her screaming <laughs> back at me uh, it was so stressful but that level of stress isn't isn't in this in kiwi yeah, so far it's a lot calmer because a lot of a lot of overcooked is like the environment throws obstacles at you as you play to kind of like increase the difficulty. Or is there anything like that in Kiwi? Yeah, there are bugs that still that, that fuck with you a little bit. Oh, okay, yeah. And I imagine like as you as you play more, like there are way way more things that fuck with you, birds and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely I was looking up screenshots of it, and it looks like there's a level set in maybe the basement of the post office, which yep. is flooded and has an octopus in it. <laughs> yep. Uh, so yeah, there's um. I think there's like sandstorms as well, and like um and like I think even like like piranha plant style things. So there's there's plenty of wild and wacky hazards. But you know, I, I lamented that I, I keep accidentally starting really long games with the kids, and it taking us weeks to get through them, um, and wanting to have a shorter experience. And this because it's split up into smaller levels. Um, this is totally that you know yeah we have ten minutes before bed let's play a level of kiwi. Um, oh great! Yeah, yeah definitely recommend this one if you uh, if you have a kid around Archie's age, um, who uh, who is you know extremely excited to play games with you, but you either have to play shit so he doesn't get upset because you keep whooping him, or uh, <laughs> or you or you get too frustrated trying to do something co op together. This is a great 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 one where you you can you can carry the team. You know what I mean? Is it? Do you think there's enough like? Is there enough validity to it as an educational experience? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, dude. I mean, I think most games have that level for sure. But, but I mean, this this is maybe more overt in that it's like, oh, we need to find the word tool. Can you see the word tool on here? Kind of. Yeah, thing. for sure. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, that and 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 scanning, like, you know, finding all the information on the screen, that kind of thing. I would definitely say okay. is a level of educational. Um, but my other question is, does Tilly enjoy the spectacle of it? Yeah, no, definitely. And she thinks the Kiwis are cute. Yeah. Um, I mean, from screenshots I've seen, they look super cute. Um, I should, should have pointed out at the start, if you're looking desperately like trying to find a game called Ki-W-I, uh, that is not what this game is. It's spelled K-E-Y-W-E. Yes. Kiwi. As in typewriter key and we need to press it. Um, and yeah... Um, Till was very upset that um, we were playing it for five minutes and she was like, where are the Kiwis? And I was like, oh, that's a Kiwi bird. And she goes, oh. <laughs> she was very much expecting Kiwi fruit, which are in oh, right. season okay. at the moment. And uh, we're eating a shitload of them. Nice. Right. Well, big thumbs up for Kiwi. Yeah, really, really from, fun uh... one for, for fam- families. And uh, I just would not recommend it as a solo game. Right, right, yeah. No, that makes sense. Because I was wondering, like, I guess if you hold down I and you control both, uh, it reminds me of that game Brothers, is it? What's it? Yeah, Tale of Two Brothers, whatever it is, yeah. Tale of Two Brothers, yes, whatever, whatever that is. That always that always felt a little bit patting your head and rubbing your stomach. Yeah, there was um a, a Zelda game for 3DS called Triforce Heroes, which you have to control three links. And oh you can play it with two other people, even online. Um, and apparently, you know, if you are doing it properly, it's a really fun experience. I've never, ever known anyone that has like also a copy of that game, let alone two people. Um, so I, <laughs> I, I brought it on a flight just before going on a flight to America and was like, hell yeah, new Zelda game. This is going to rule. And the single player mode, when you're not controlling one of the links, um, he just turns into a scarecrow that just stays put somewhere. Oh, Fuck, gosh. it was frustrating. To, it was just like just the worst way to play a game. Oh, boy. Oh, well. Good that Kiwi does it better. Yes, definitely. Well, prepare yourself for an intricate segue. From a game developed in America about Australian stuff to a game developed in Australia about American stuff. Love it. That's why you are the king. I, I over the past couple of days, have been playing uh, The Artful Escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a fairly freshly released game. I think just over the last week it was released, maybe last Thursday or Friday. Uh, it is developed by a studio based in Melbourne called Beethoven and Dinosaur, 
which great studio name, guys. Absolutely love it. Uh, published by Annapurna Interactive, and um, you know we've we've discussed Annapurna recently with the release of Twelve Minutes. Yeah, and I got to say, Artful Escape. All is forgiven, baby. Come home. Annapurna, you are goats for this one. Um, So the Artful Escape is... uh, I believe it's only available currently on PC and Xbox. It is available through Game Pass. So highly recommend, Levens, get the hell into this game. Okay. Yeah, I definitely definitely want to. I asked you today if I should play more more of Kiwi or or, or begin the Artful Escape with the kids. And you were just like, play more of Kiwi. (laughs) Well, it, on top of it taking a while, I think you were like, was there anything really adult or is there any swearing? I did say that there was something adult. A, a character in the game makes a, a, a reference to suicide, which I was kind of like, oh, maybe that's a bit much for the kids. Like, it's not sustained. Uh, the two characters are up the top of the tree and one of them goes like, you know, you could really kill yourself from this height. Oh, yeah. And I was like, mm, maybe that's a bit much for, for young players. And then just before starting this episode, I was like, oh, wait, there's another conversation you have where they just, like, you go say hi to an old woman and she goes, Francis, you little shit. Okay, that's uh, shit. Like, like, we can oh. live with shits. That's fine. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway, The Artful Escape uh, is a game about a young man called Francis Vendetti. Francis Vendetti lives in a small fictional town in Colorado called Calypso. Uh, the most famous thing about Calypso is that it was the home of Johnson Vendetti, who is Francis's uh, uncle and widely considered one of the best folk musicians of all time. Uh, it is The game takes place sort of the day before or during a festival celebrating the 40th anniversary of Johnson Vendetti's seminal album, uh, the culmination of which is you, Francis Vendetti, having to do a folk music performance, playing stuff that your your uncle wrote all those years ago. The problem is, Francis doesn't really like folk music, it turns out. Every time he tries to play it, he just spaces out, and all he actually really wants to do is, like, straight-up badass space, space rock opera, like, wailing riff mastery... Like, you know, wee, 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 like amazing kind of like huge guitar solos. So he's having this real crisis where he's like, I, I know what like this, the expectations of this town are upon me. I don't want to fail them, but I'm, I'm tired of feeling like I'm living this lie. And so through the opening kind of 40 minutes to an hour of the game, you are sort of wandering around Calypso, having conversations with people. Um, during which you have these epiphanies about, well, maybe I don't need to be myself. Maybe I can create a persona that I can inhabit instead of, you know, I don't need to be Francis Vendetti on stage. I can be anyone. I can, I can, I can create whatever character I want and inhabit them. Later at night, uh, you, you, you know, there's a bright light outside. And when you go out to check it out, there's an alien there. And the alien is like, hey, we are going on, like, there's this giant like pan-galactic music tour going on and the headliner has asked you to be the support slot essentially and you're like oh shit so you go meet up with this musician you and that begins your journey through the cosmos uh where you 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 know you're playing these kind of support slot concerts and at the same time kind of figuring out who it is exactly you want to be and grappling with the the sort of pressure that is on you in your hometown to conform to their idea of you so that's a kind of general overview of the game. Uh, Gameplay-wise, it is a very kind of like... If you've played A Night in the Woods, large sections of the game control like that. It's sort of like a platforming-style adventure game where you run around, you talk to people. Um, you know, it, It's very much kind of conversation-based. When you're doing these actual gigs, it plays like a very simple sort of platformer. Like, you, you run from left to right across the screen. Occasionally, you have to jump. You've got a kind of weak double jump you can use to, um, to sort of get up, you know, ledges that are a bit higher. Uh, and if, you, are, if, if you, you jump and in midair, you hit the X button, you kind of can play like an epic kind of wow <laughs> on your guitar, and it, like, extends your jump a little bit. Um, so gameplay wise, it's not incredibly complex. It's like, if you're after a really robust platformer, it definitely in the first kind of the first 
level where I was doing this platforming. It took a little while for me to get used to the jumps. They feel a little bit floaty. Um, We're talking Little Nightmares like, floaty uh, or Limbo I mean, floaty? Maybe not as bad. Maybe a little bit Limbo floaty, but the the platforming, there's no, there's no puzzle element to it and the platforming demands are so kind of fairly simple that you you very quickly learn how to deal with the floatiness and it's fine like i didn't go into this game expecting to be playing celeste or anything like that like you know if the platforming's not tight it's fine it's not really the point of the game while you were of course one of the great things is while you were running through uh while you were running through these these the you know these environments you're in you can press the X key at any time and Francis will just pull out a guitar and start like wailing and noodling away. So I basically play every level with my finger just jammed on the X key because as you play as well, stuff happens to the environment and in the background. And this game is eye-wateringly beautiful. The design on this game and the way the environments, the way they've brought them to life is so stunning and so compelling. I will eat my fucking left leg if this game doesn't win awards for design. Okay, It is just... The spectacle of it is incredible. I cannot believe the achievement they've made with this. For that, like that reason alone, is worth playing this game. Is just the you know these scenes where you're running through these environments. You've got Francis just you know hammering out notes like beautiful, piercing, crystalline space prog rock guitar solos with an amazing kind of backing going on at the same time. You know, stopping your running and playing and having a giant alien insect in the background like light up and extend its limbs out and start kind of dancing with you and just being like oh my god what is going on this is like why do i have a daughter why am i not getting stoned anymore god i want to be high playing this game (laughs) um it very much like i've never been to one of those like led zeppelin nights at a at a planetarium but it kind of has that feel to it sure there are certain parts when you're playing through these levels where you'll play like a mini gig for various, you know, characters or situations that you're in. And these gigs kind of take the form of a like a simple Simon-esque almost mini game where, you know, the 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 X, Y, and B keys and the two bumpers are all kind of musical notes um, and shown on screen in a graphic format. And so whoever you're playing for will will flash one of the notes and you have to copy them on the on on your gamepad essentially. It does in later parts get fairly complex, but there's no penalty for screwing up. It's not like oh this gig is over, you suck kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It just you it, it starts the sequence again and you play it once more. So on top of this incredible visuals for it um the story itself is actually really heartfelt. Maybe it lays it on a bit much. Um, sort of this guy, you know, this this kid going through his journey of self-discovery and realizing like, oh, I can be whoever I want to be. I don't need to, to conform to what my hometown thinks of me. But the writing is really, really good. Um, it's, it's very funny at times. It's very heartfelt at times. Um, I mean, you you are often given given options for what you want to respond to what various characters are asking you. One that stuck in my mind from playing last night that I just really tickled me was um, one of the other characters who is this, this girl that uh, is like the sort of, you know, technical lead on the spaceship you're traveling through the universe in. She tells you that your next gig is at like a jazz club. And she's like, do you know how to act at a jazz club? And the response that just grabbed me was, uh, arrive late, leave early, steal glassware. <laughs> and like I read that out and just had a little chuckle to myself late at night and was like, yep, got to play that, got to choose that one. It's, it's during, during the early part of the game when you're in his hometown, it is, he can get, the main character gets a slightly precocious, like kind of fourth wall breaking, narrating his town, talking to the camera kind of thing. But once you're out in the cosmos, it's just funny and touching and and such a compelling story to follow 
And f- one one thing that I've definitely noticed because you know I, I hate I hate to refer to the very clunky twelve minutes which we discussed a few episodes ago, but one of the big draws of twelve minutes was the voice cast of Daisy Ridley, James McAvoy, and Willem Dafoe who we both agreed we used atrociously in that game. Just didn't really bring anything to it. The voice cast for this game includes Jason Schwartzman, Mark Strong, Lena Headey, and Carl Weathers, and they absolutely kill it in this game. Is Weathers the um, the narrator? No. <coughs> right. Weathers, Carl Weathers plays a character called Lightman. He's the, the rock and roll legend that you're playing support for. Awesome. He is by far one of the best things about the game. His performance is so funny. Like, they've got him saying this incredibly wacky stuff about, like, you know, like, you know, all this, like, cosmic mumbo-jumbo about rock and roll. He just commits to it. He has a ball with it. It is amazing. Jason Schwartzman plays, like, the first mate on the ship, and he's like this this alien. He is clearly having fun with it as well. He's playing this really kind of like Marvin the Paranoid Android kind of kind of character. Um, Mark Strong's performance is is really cool, and you know just him being kind of classic jovial British Mark Strong. I think I'm about to get up to the bit with Lena Headey in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm up to the last kind of series of concerts before I get to return home. So I'll be playing through that tonight. But even some of the like, like the lesser, you know, the the people who are just known for being video game actors, do fantastic jobs as well. It's it's that's cool. That's so, so reassuring. So well voice acted across the um, across the board. Uh, I mean, I just ran into like uh, my I found my two favorite characters in the game last night, who are Frida and Calvaggio. Uh, if you if you play or if you're playing it, you run into those guys. You'll you'll see what I mean. They're just amazing um yeah i i you know it for for all its simplicity of gameplay i think the the message that it's getting across and the way it's getting across is is just so well done that this is like this is a game like it's hit my game of the year list this is one of those confirmed like nothing's gonna knock this out of it it'll be somewhere in my 10 okay that's exciting (laughs) yeah um did you know who um Obviously, you know that it was made by a group called um, Beethoven and Dinosaur. Do you know who the head uh, developer? Johnny Galvatron. Do you know what he's from? No. He was from a band in that were, they were pretty popular in Australia in the late two thousands called the Galvatrons. Okay, that rings a bell. <clears throat> they had a big song called uh, "When We Were Kids," and uh, they were like they were kind of like the that hair metal kind of re- revival, like a glam rock revival. Um, and like I found, like I, I guess one of the band members must main, maintain their Wikipedia page um, because right. there's so many hilarious like um, personal anecdotes about the band in here. Um, <laughs> okay. Like apparently, while they um, while the Galvatrons were playing a festival tour in the UK uh, alongside the Police in Hyde Park, they were evicted from the concert after allegedly singing Metallica songs loudly in the room next door to Sting. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, but yeah, no, pretty funny. If I don't know if if, if you anyone is of age that you remember the Galvatrons, it's pretty cool to know that this guy's making uh, indie games now, and it kind of follows with you know like the guy, the guy from Cot Copy is uh, Bennett Foddy, who made Getting Over it with Bennett Foddy and did some of the the programming on um, Ape, Out. Ape Out and other good games. Um, doing uh-huh. yeah, it's 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 cool. Shouts to Melbourne. Yeah, Melbourne definitely has a uh, a stronger. Uh, maybe maybe it's because of government dev. funding, but like yeah, indie yeah. indie dev scene. Not not to slight our good friends over at um soap, soapbox soap. Uh, SMG SMG. My bad. Yeah, um yeah. The the scene is definitely. I this is one of those ones where I'm like, I I really hope this gets untitled goose game level of recognition around the world. Another Melbourne as game. Like yeah, as yeah, exactly like. I think as Golf like, Stories Melbourne as well. I think. Yeah, this is this is one of those ones where um, uh, I hope this is another one that puts Australian development on the international map. Yep. What have we got in Sydney? We've got uh, all the SMG games. I think Boomerang Foo. I think that's Sydney. Yeah. Um, Number one on the on the eShop at the moment. 
Ah, because it's got that really deep sale, yeah. right? Pick it up, man. A lot of listeners have been picking it up on uh, not my recommendation, my son's recommendation. If you want to be, yeah. be like Archie, uh, go check out Boomerang Foo. It's, I think it's still very cheap on the eShop. It's a, a great game to play with. Please, Bobby, Bobby please sh- share your Boomerang Foo fanfic with us. <laughs> that can that should be the next Patreon tier is... um. Archie, you, you get to read Archie's Boomerang Foo fanfic. Well, it's not really fanfic. It's just him, like, drawing characters and saying what their abilities would be. I mean, that's that's worth another tier. You're right. Very true. Um, yeah, cool, man. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed The Artful Escape because I know you were looking forward to it. And last time you looked forward to Actually, no. We had Psychonauts 2 and 12 Minutes. Only one of them was... A, was and you didn't even hate it as much as I did. So, you know, everything's coming out Valenzuela is what I'm trying to say. Look, it's it's a great time to be me. It's a great time um, to have Game Pass. That's, that's a fucking show. Oh, once it's funny we we just did our um game of the month episode uh about inside and i i mentioned going back through that that facebook group virtual pals looking for mentions of inside and this one about inside coming to playstation and in the comment thread you were like phew i almost bought an xbox <laughs> and, I, and this is like five years ago and i'm looking at it being like Sorry, Levens, from five years ago. You caved and you're loving you're it. You're loving it so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad this one came to, to, to Game Pass. Game Pass is saving me so much money this year. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, all of the, their hard work is finally paying off and it really feels like there's a lot to play on the Xbox. Um, like I just got... Especially, especially for indies. Yeah, totally. I just got Deathloop today um, and... Uh, I had to put the code into my PS5 and was like, oh, yeah, that's right. This this one, this console that like, that, that, that is like the most, the most like, you know, the hardest one to get. It's the, the one I play the least. But apparently, yeah. apparently Deathloop is fucking unreal um, and will be on Game Pass in a year anyway, right? I believe so because it's, it's Bethesda published, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, they Xbox own Bethesda now. Um, but hey, man, it was actually, you're not going to have the, really... the, uh, that, that beautiful uh, HD rumble. Apparently every gun rumbles differently. That's fun. Ooh, nice. Um, yeah, I, I, it was very weird when when Xbox bought Bethesda that the, like the two next games Bethesda were publishing were both PlayStation exclusives mm-hmm. and maintained exclusivity. It was like Deathloop and something else. Yeah, I Ghost, can't remember. Ghostwire Tokyo, I think it's called. Yeah, Ghostwire Tokyo. That's right. <laughs> Looking forward to that one anyway. Yeah, that was that was a weird moment of like, okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I look forward to finishing. I still got to finish Psychonauts two, um, and I want to. I made it up to because you you mentioned like oh you go to a next an, another area in the game. Yeah, I've finally made it to that area. And I got to say, Psychonauts two deals with some pretty heavy themes compared to the first one. Yeah, I don't remember the first one's themes as, as much. There's a lot of bacon. Um, yeah, there's definitely definitely. I mean, there's there's. I remember some great levels, but. Like I'm, I'm doing a, I'm doing a, a brain level at the moment of a guy who's an alcoholic. Okay. And it's very much like, oh, okay, this is a, this is, this is a level of, of I was not expecting to get from this, you know, very cartoonish game about secret agents that go into mines. Yeah. And like the big plot, I've, I've hit a big plot twist, and the big plot twist is like, fuck, that's a bit dark, guys. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back to that one. Um, I don't know if I'll keep playing that with the kids or trying to. Stay up late. I don't actually who knows. I probably have to play it with the kids. So it's like yeah. two. Um, we, I've got to go back and finish Calico. Yeah, you've, you've got. Yeah. Is it Calico or is it Chicory? Chicory, my bad. Chicory. Yeah, Calico is a game about cats. I think. Um, yes. Yeah, Chicory. I need to go back and finish, and um, I'll, I'll you know I'll chip away at Kiwi, but I'm not as uh, obsessed with uh, getting to the end. End end story. Roll the credits on that one. Uh, Chicory, Chicory has quite a nice story and deals with, with some heavy stuff as well. Um, but my kids and I are currently completely obsessed with the new WarioWare games. Game oh, yeah, WarioWare yeah, yeah. Get It Together, which has hit, hit the Nintendo Switch. And uh, man, we know we talk about small games, but uh, maybe the smallest games of all, the micro games in the WarioWare collection. Because you have to, you know what those games are about, right? You have like five yeah. seconds to figure out what the game what asks you of you do. and do it. It's so much fun. A great formula. And I've been going just Wario crazy, but um, I'm going to go at length um, about my thoughts on that game uh, on HeyFam uh, tomorrow and on Thumb Cramps later in the week too. And both those uh, podcasts can be found at sanspantsradio.com. 
unless you already subscribe to both of them, in which case I'll see you there. Um, if nice. you want more more of this podcast, though, all the small games, we just recorded a new Patreon episode all about the aforementioned Game of the Month Inside by Playdead Studios. We also do a lot of talk about um, our, our history with the game Limbo and then other other games in which children die horribly. Um, but yeah, it was fun revisiting one of our, one of John, spoiler alert, one of John's top three games of all time. Um, yes. And, uh, at the end of that episode, we announced the next game of the month. Uh, the, the, the next games for everyone to choose from are, uh, two very, very popular, um, Metroidvania indie games that I guess are closely associated with the Switch. Um, and they are Steamworld Dig 2 and Hollow Knight. We're finally uh, mm. putting the Hollow Knight out there because I, I feel like it's been a game that we just love talking about. For another, another, another Melbourne game, if I'm not mistaken. I think that they're Adelaide. Oh yeah, no, Tim. That's right, Tim Cherry's Adelaide. Yep. Adelaide, that's a suburb of Melbourne, isn't it? <laughs> um, so far, uh, far west Melbourne. If you want to not only listen to our inside episode but also cast your vote for either Steamworld Dig Two or or uh, Hollow Knight, please head to Patreon.com/slash All The Small Games, and five dollars a month gets you access to all of our bonus content, plus access to our Discord community, which is full of lots of indie game love and freaks like yourself, dear listener. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You can find John online at 16tacos on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at levdog, L-E-V-D-O-W-G. And uh, our podcast can be found facebook.com slash all the small games or on Twitter at all the small game. Thank you so yes. much. See you next time. Stay. Catch you next week, everybody. Stay. Stay, stay what, Levins? I'm thinking of something like related to a Kiwi or a, or a, stay artful, I guess. Love it. Yeah, great. <laughs> 